0: This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Welcome back, Gary. You know, a few days after we last spoke, the job numbers were published and jobs increased by a huge amount, close to half a million in January. Did that surprise you and and people in the financial world in general?
1: Yeah, it was a big surprise, Paul, the January 2022 payroll employment numbers that were published by the Bureau of Labor Statistics or, or BLS. You know, it's a closely watched labor market indicator. And lots of folks were projecting that we were going to get or forecasting we were going to get about 150,000 new jobs in January. So when the number came in at 467 or you know, close to half a million jobs, you know, most economists were very surprised. I mean, bottom line, the the. January increases in jobs, and this is a survey done from surveys that go to both the private sector and government sector jobs, you know, was a huge increase. And, um, you know, and, and on top of that, the payroll job increases for both November and December were also rised up, revised significantly upwards as well. So, you know, as more complete data became available. So on average, they've you know, the economy has added about over 500,000 jobs over the last three months. That's very good for the labor market.
0: Okay. Now, Gary, you say this data is from a survey. And so my question is, is the BSL survey really representative about what's going on with the jobs in the economy?
1: Well, the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics actually has two monthly surveys it uses to measure jobs, and it can compare the two to, to see you know how they're both doing. There's a large survey of establishments around 670,000 business and government agency work sites, so they they collect a lot of numbers to Put together, um, and then there's a survey of about sixty thousand households. Um, so these surveys are also benchmarked to actual unemployment rate or unemployment data that are collected um, all the time. So that's done to increase their accuracy. Um, so I'd say they generally provide a very good measure of trends and movements in the job market, and that's why economists closely follow these jobs data. Um, yeah, but on a month-to-month data, uh, you know, month-to-month basis, they do they can bounce around a lot.
0: Gary, so how large was the January increase, maybe compared to an average increase over the last 20 years?
1: Well, Paul, um, the average increase uh, monthly in payroll jobs was over the period of the economic recovery, say from 2011 to 2020, was closer to 200,000 jobs. And that's far below... Uh, half a million, close to half a million. So, you know, and historically, the Bureau of Labor Statistics says they really need an increase of at least uh, 120,000 jobs before a changes in the monthly changes considered to be statistically significant. So, you know, 500,000 uh, is a lot, lot larger. So, you know, there is a lot of month to month variation in the monthly job numbers, um, but I think they're a reliable gauge of, overall trends in payroll employment, you, know, you have to look at more than just one month um, because there is variability in the series.
0: Are there any other reasons why the January jobs numbers were such a big surprise?
1: Well, two reasons come to mind as a a user of this data for many years. uh, First, you know, in terms of it's more difficult, I think, to estimate them and more difficult to seasonally adjust the data. Um, So the COVID monthly changes uh, in 2020 were so large, you know, both the 20 million lost jobs in a matter of weeks, and then the large, you know, several million monthly increases uh, or a couple of several months with over a million increases uh, as the economy started recovering. So such variation makes it harder to estimate the payroll jobs and as the labor market is, is recovering for a while. And, you know, related to that are the seasonal factors that are used to adjust the data to reflect normal seasonal swings in employment, like the typical increase in temporary jobs before the holidays and the typical decline. In those jobs after the holidays, Um, and with the huge monthly changes in 2020 and 2021, you know, following COVID, uh, those changes are so large they make probably make it much more difficult to accurately, at least for the time being, accurately get the seasonal adjustment factors right. So, you know, there are a couple of reasons why the data may be harder to estimate and why the data may be a little bit less reliable.
0: Sure glad we have someone like you that can explain this stuff, especially this last question, Gary. So the increase in jobs was very large in January, and yet unemployment rate rose by a small amount. Okay, explain that.
1: Well, thanks, Paul. That's actually an easy one. The the unemployment rate, which is generated by the BLS's monthly survey of households, you know, also recorded a very large increase in the civilian labor force. Um, you know, about one and a half million job uh labor increase in the labor force in January. And that was enough to raise the unemployment rate from 39 to, to 4%. You know, that one-tenth of a percent increase isn't, I don't think, is statistically significant in the unemployment rate. So essentially, there's little change in the unemployment rate in January. It's not a significant change. Um, but that, you know, that being said, you know, from a Fed policymaker standpoint, in, in December 2021, they were projecting that the longer-run unemployment rate at full employment would be about 4%. So, you know, by this measure, you know, the economy is back to full employment and it's, you know, still adding jobs. So, you know, there's just a lot of good news there.
0: Well, Gary, that is good news. So thank you so much. And um, I look forward to chatting with you in a couple of weeks. And who knows what will be happening then? Okay,
1: (laughs) sounds like a deal, Paul. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance.